Hello and welcome to Parade Strike by Track. Today we're going to be talking about Kiss from Parade. Uh, it was recorded on the 25th of April 1985 at Sunset Sound. The, first of all there was like a demo that, uh, that Prince kind of did. Uh, then the band Maserati, which we'll get into later, kind of did a recording. And then the next day Prince came back and did some overdubs. A kind of about a year later, you know, Prince kind of went back and kind of re-recorded it a little bit. Uh, although we don't have exact dates on that. Um, this was the first single released um, before the album was released on the 5th of February 1986. Um, and you have Prince on there and you have um, little pieces of what's left of the version Maserati did. Um, and then you also on the extended version have some vocals from Jill Jones. The track is 3.38 on the album. The single is actually a little bit longer at 3.45 and there's the extended version which is 7 minutes and 15. Prince once again scoring a number one with this single. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously no one had seen the film Under the Cherry Moon at this point. Um, so I guess maybe if this had come out after the film, it probably wouldn't have done as well. Prince getting another a number one, first time since, um, I think it was When Doves Cry, that he'd got a number one on the Billboard uh, Hot 100. In the UK, the song <laughs> only reached like number six. Uh, so it didn't it didn't get to number one for Prince. It takes Prince a long time before he actually gets a number one in this country. Uh, it performed it performed well around the world, you know, getting to number two in Australia, uh, getting to number three in Belgium, getting to number four in Canada. Uh, for some reason in France, it only got to number twenty nine. Uh, I mean, given that Under the Cherry Moon was set in the south of France, I think it should have performed slightly better. <laughs> number four in Germany, number two in the Netherlands, number two in New Zealand. Um, you know, number three in Switzerland. Uh, and not only was it number one on the Hot 100 billboard, it was also number one on the dance charts, the dance club charts, the R&B hip hop charts and the US cash box charts. I don't know what that is. Um, and it, it, re it recharted later on um, when Prince had died. And, uh, you know, it did OK. It got to number nine in um, Spain uh, 11 in Switzerland it got to number 38 on the on the UK charts then and number 23 on the Billboard Hot 100 interestingly the, the number one song before it uh, was Rock Me Amadeus by Falco <laughs> and the number one single after it was Addicted to Love by Robert Palmer so a very kind of 80s <laughs> <laughs> set of number ones either side there this was the kind of the lead single from the album but also you know for the film as well uh, the b-side for this is heart shape or dollar sign which i believe translates as love or money in prince's language um, and that is actually featured in the film but uh, only has ever been featured as a b-side but not on the b-sides collection that came out in 1993 um, and not subsequently on any other um, collection. Uh, it, if you haven't heard it as the B-side um, of Kiss, or you haven't heard it in the film, then that's the only places that this that, that Love All Money was made available. Uh, joining me to talk about this track is Antu. Hello, Antu. Hey, Darren. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, now, uh, I often kind of struggle to find a genre for um, Prince songs, mm -hmm. so... I, what would you say that this is? There's like, I would say it's like this really stripped down funk song, basically, like really yeah. sparse funk song. And I think, you know, uh, in the vein of James Brown with that kind of chicken scratch kind of guitar mm -hmm. sound that Prince kind of uses. And, you know, there's it, there's very little kind of in the way of the bass. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and there's there's kind of very, very kind of quiet drums. And unusually, Prince returns to his falsetto. Mm -hmm. Uh, for the first time in a good number of years, we have a song where at points you can't understand what Prince is, is saying because his falsetto <laughs> is so kind of kind of breathy. I think he's like, falsetto does a good job though. Like he's like, you can sort of... You can, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like doing a good job trying to make those words legible like to the, to the human <laughs> ear. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's interesting yeah. you bring up James Brown because like, like it's kind of like in a way, yes, it has an essence of that sort of James Brown esque sound but like without like the signature aspects of like using brass instruments as like like punctuation yeah. and all that stuff so it's kind of in a way like an anti-james brown song in in a lot of ways kind of like referencing him and then taking not not doing what he does with it and like kind of princing it up by taking away those brass instruments i think when we get to sexy mf later on that is the probably james browniest to the prince ever yeah. is um, you know, particularly because at that point he'd kind of really embraced, you know, the horns. Yeah. And, we, you know, we still have Eric Leeds and Atlanta Bliss have joined the band, but, you know, they're not full kind of members of, of the uh, of the revolution. If you watch the live version, um, uh, you know, uh, on Love Sexy, you'll see that actually the, the, you know, Eric Leeds and Atlanta Bliss are there providing kind of horn punctuations and horn lines over the top of the song and kind of filling it out. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so it, you know he, uh, clearly that was something that Prince, if he'd have if he'd have had the horns available, he probably would have done on this song. But um, you've got to remember at this point he's recording this still in 1985. This is actually recorded, uh, I think, a couple of weeks before Around the World in a Day actually came out. Mm -hmm. So he's wow. he's still not quite you know transitioned from having you know the 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 full kind of band that he would mm -hmm. get you know for the next couple of tours. This was recorded before he started filming Under the Cherry Moon just so we were like yes okay cool. uh, right. way before he started filming Under the Cherry Moon <laughs> okay. right. it's like and and it doesn't even really fit with the rest of Parade right. you know if you listen to the rest of Parade this song stands out like a sore thumb because uh, there's a lot of songs that have like heavy strings mm -hmm. and kind of a jazz influence this just being like a funk song, it's completely, it doesn't fit with the rest mm -hmm. of the album at all. But yeah, so, you know, the lyrics as well, you know, everyone knows, I'm sure, from by heart these song, these lyrics, because it's it's such a well-known song. But, you know, the whole kind of, um, you know, you, you don't have to be beautiful to turn me on. Um, <laughs> which, you know, I, and Prince, of course, saying he just, I just need your body, baby, from <laughs> dust till dawn, you know. Uh, obviously influencing, um, you know, Quentin Tarantino you know, there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you don't need experience to turn me out. You just leave it all up to me. I'm going to show you what I'm all about. Uh, what it's all about, should I say. Uh, obviously, Prince, once again, as with some of the songs from his first few albums, mm -hmm. boasting here about how good of a lover he is. You know, it doesn't matter what the other person looks like. Uh, they, he, they just need to supply their body mm -hmm. and Prince will figure everything else out for them and then of course you know probably the you know one of i would say prince's best choruses yeah you don't have to be rich to be my girl you don't have to be cool to rule my world ain't no particular sign i'm more compatible with i just want your extra time and your kiss i just i mean i'm not going to do the kissing noises which you know <laughs> i i'm actually i can't do those i yeah no you know enough that. I'm like, uh, but so is that so those backup vocalists is that the, the remnants of like the Maserati vocalists sort of singing. Yep. Yeah. There's a little bit of the, the backing vocals are kind of, you know, um, you know, part of, I mean, it's interesting actually, because when Prince did the song originally, he'd done it as kind of like a, uh, you know, a, a blues song. 
and he'd done it a lot slower. And when they re-recorded it, they kind of recorded it a lot, you know, a bit yep. faster. And that's what it kind of turned into. But yeah, there's a little bit of them doing the backing vocals. Uh, and obviously, you know, there's some some Wendy and Lisa on there as well. Yep. And you you can definitely hear that blues blues guitar vibe on it. Like it, it is a pretty yeah. simple blues progression, I, I, I think, I guess. But yeah, you can yeah. definitely hear it in there. And of course, you know, Prince here laying out exactly... Uh, what he needs from this other person who he is going to, in his own words, turn out. Um, where he says, you got to not talk dirty, baby, if you want to impress me. Now, I like, because at this particular point, we get, the you get like an extra bit of guitar comes in for this, this second kind of verse. And, you know, Prince saying, you can't be too flirty, mama. I know how to undress me. <laughs> and I think it's funny because when he sings the words, I want to be your fantasy, up front, his falsetto is turning it into squeaks. Mm -hmm. So when he sings, I want to be your fantasy, you can kind of understand what he's saying. <laughs> no. But it's only the backing vocals that kind of give it away. <laughs> no way. Um, like, when I was a kid and hearing this, like, that was like one of his clearest sort of words ever. Like, Well, I suggest you listen to it again. Because, yeah, no, no, you're singing, you're singing what you hear in the backing yeah. vocals. Prince at the top is actually singing, kind of breaking each word very quickly so you can't hear what he's singing. And then, of course, when he comes, he, he kind of goes into a lower register for maybe you could be mine. Yeah. And then, of course, you just leave it all up to me. We could have a good time. Uh, I was just going to say, I like how Prince in this song is constantly demanding that the other person just be passive. Yeah, you know, he's like, you just leave it up to me and we could have a good time. It's like, if you try and do something, we're probably not going to have a good time. So just leave it to Prince. There's also the element of him saying, I want to be your fantasy. Maybe you could be mine. So, yeah, which is kind of weird. Like, yeah, yeah I want to be what you desire. But, yeah, we're sort of working on you still. Well, he's already said you don't have to be beautiful yeah. to turn me on. Yeah. I just need your, your body, baby. Also, we should... Prince says, I think I want to dance. Yeah. Which is a bit of a James Brownish type thing, isn't it? To kind of... Say you mean, that you're going to dance and then dance. Yeah, you mean during that bridge or... Yeah, during the bridge, yeah, when we get to the bridge. Because obviously we have the chorus again and then, you know, we get to... I think I want to dance. I think, like, him kind of, you know... Sorry, talking more about the recording. I think him stepping in and sort of taking the song back in a way, like, made it a classic song. Like, as in leaving those backing vocals, like... Because it sounds like a Greek chorus in a way. Like, they're kind of following up everything he says, like, with the uh-huh. And, like... Volume. Yeah, yeah, it, it's actually, and it really lends to that sparseness. It's kind of, you know, when I when I think of like a really good spa song, he's in a way he's teaching the audience how how to how to arrange a song. So it's like, you know, it's <laughs> so transparent. You can see each part working like on its own and and as a whole as well. So and of course, once we get to the bridge, uh, when when Prince is is dancing, uh, he says he says in a way that you can barely kind of comprehend. Little girl, Wendy's parade. And and he's got the got to got to got to, but yeah. the way he sings "Little Girl Wendy's Parade," it's a little hard to kind of make out what he's saying. Right. Um, I'll give you that. And just before we <laughs> get to the, because I'm betting you you didn't even realize that was what he was singing. No, no. Well, uh, but I, <laughs> so I say like, excuse me. Uh, also, like that whole got to got to got to, like you know, that's very James Brownish. Yeah. Like got to, like him, yeah. sort of chanting those refrains. But uh, I know I'll have to sort of. Actually, can I just quickly listen to it? I really want to listen to it and see if I can hear this Wendy's. <laughs> he, he goes, little Wendy's parade. So it's it's kind of, but it's it's it, it follows the kind of guitar line. 
so you can't really hear it. It's kind of mixed a little back. I think I must have just like definitely not paid attention to that melody or lyric at all. <laughs> right, but like you can you can definitely understand what he's saying there as well. <laughs> That's yeah, but I mean, I think this, you know, it's, it's, I think it's just because you've heard it so many times, yeah. you can kind of pick it out. Mm-hmm. On first blush, you probably not quite understand what he's saying. And then you know, we get to the kind of the final the final verse, which you know has some of my favorite lyrics where. You know, princess, women, not girls, rule my world. I said they rule my world. <laughs> At your age, not your shoe size. And of course, the not your shoe size is actually preceded by him singing not your shoe size. Mm-hmm. It's like a little, it's it's kind of like a little pre-echo thing. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, maybe we could do the twirl. <laughs> Which, I mean, obviously that's got to be code for something. <laughs> and then, of course, Prince says, you don't have to watch Die Nasty. Because he doesn't say dynasty, he says dynasty to have an attitude. And then, of course, once again, he says, you just leave it all up to me. My love will be your food. Which is like an incredible line. Like, my love will be your yeah. food. Like, as in like really yeah. romantic and sensual. And, uh, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, for the end, we get Prince. <laughs> we get a kind of, you don't have to be rich to be my girl. You don't have to be cool to rule my world. And then, of course, this is where Prince starts screaming. Ain't no particular sign I'm more compatible with. I just want your extra time and your kiss. Now, the thing is, when he says, I just want your extra time, by that point, he is kind of just screaming the lyrics. And it's kind of... It's kind of hard to make out what he's saying, but I, you know, and obviously, you know, we then get a little bit of the kind of um, the guitar as the mm-hmm. as the fade out. Um, although it's a very quick fade out, and you know, then the song is over. I just love the, you know, actual rage not your shoe size, mm-hmm. and <laughs> you don't have to watch Dynasty to have an attitude. Like I, those are just such great lyrics. The whole rhyming of like girls with twirls like really blew my mind. Like, as in, you, you know, you were talking about how hard it is to sort of work out what he's singing like i sort of like the audacity of him actually like using the phrase dude at 12 i'm like what the hell is that like it's just it's just you know for him to you know kind of just get a rhyme in there sometimes he just needs to to make a rhyme um uh, but yeah i mean i would say obviously it should go without saying five out of five (laughs) yeah well yes a a classic prince song that yeah as in uh you know when i uh i saw it when I saw Purple Rain in theaters when it was released after his death, like, and they played this clip before the screening, people were cheering. It was like incredible, like the energy in the audience of like just people sitting and and getting up cheering and probably because they didn't have because they didn't have to watch Under the Cherry Moon because they were actually seeing <laughs> yeah, Purple like, Rain. That's probably why they were cheering. I think like the memory of Under a Cherry Moon had like escaped them by that point. Uh, and it's worth talking about the video because the video doesn't have clips from Under the Cherry Moon in. You know, unlike you know. Um, I think uh, When Doves Cry was the lead single for Purple Rain, and that did have a lot of clips mm-hmm. from Purple Rain in it. But this this video, as with the song, it's kind of recorded outside of the the whole project, mm-hmm. and so the video is is you know Prince um, in in the in the classic kind of um, you know uh, under the cherry moon outfit of of the kind of um, the, the crop top um, and the jacket and the you know like his his hair like is very short. Uh, he's got these very pronounced uh, sideburns that are like straight lines on the side of his face. His moustache is, you know, as about as thin as it gets in his entire career, um, you know. And he has the kind of the eyeshadow to make his his kind of eyes pop. And um, you know, he's dancing with um, with Wendy, and she almost seems to be trying to keep a straight face while Prince does all this sexy dancing around her. It's actually incredible. It's like the best. Like it kind of gets into her face, and he's like right next to her singing the song, and she's just trying to play the guitar and just 
you know, kind of sit on this stool and just ignore Prince. And it's like, it's, a, it's a real fun video. There's like a greater subtext where like, I'm, I'm not sure if like Wendy was out of the closet at this point, but like sort of like a man like dancing up uncomfortably close to a lesbian. It's that extra layer of awkwardness and like watching yeah. her kind of like hold, like hold a laugh and a cringe at the same time is like, Kind of really hilarious. I mean, I don't, th- I don't think at that particular point she was out. I certainly yeah. don't think she was out to Prince. Really? <laughs> There's a point, um, you know, when 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 you get to Prince saying, "I know how to undress me," where he like takes his clothes off uh, and he like throws the jacket to one side, um, you know, and kind of like, <laughs> you know, there are a few times where Prince, um, when he's he's dancing against the kind of like a, the, he's got like a, this blue background, yeah, and he's kind of like making these funny faces, like. It, it's kind of funny because it undermines kind of like the the kind of the the sexiness of the track, you know, like the idea that Prince is the person who can be a fantasy and stuff. It kind of gets undermined by the fact that Prince keeps making these funny faces and he keeps kind of getting in Wendy's face and she keeps making funny faces. By the end of the video, Prince has taken his top off as well. So he's just in his, you know, trousers and he keeps doing these little kind of jumps in his heels and, you know, kind of like just jumping with his legs and stuff and, you know, uh, kind of humping up against this glass. And, you know, there's like a, there's a kind of there's just this. I don't know. It's just one of Prince's kind of more fun videos because he's just it's almost like kind of the opposite of, you know, the When Does Cry video where Prince is kind of getting out of the bath and he's looking very serious and he's <laughs> pointing at the screen and kind of seducing the audience. Whereas in Kiss, it's almost like he tried to do that and then just kind of gave up halfway through. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's one of the, the kind of the more fun Prince videos, you know, they, t- Prince tended to kind of make very serious kind of, I mean, not completely serious, but a lot of the videos tended to be kind of more serious to fit in with the kind of tone of the songs. But I think this is a kind of very playful song. And so obviously the video kind of reflects that a lot. Should we talk about Under the Cherry Moon? Is it what scene this, this song is used in? Well, in the, in the film Under the Cherry Moon, mm-hmm. we're about an hour and 18 minutes in and... Prince, uh, you know, has had, well, I'm not going to say Prince, I'm going to say Christopher Tracy has had an <laughs> argument with Kristen Scott Thomas's character. Yes. <laughs> and he's sitting in the back of a very expensive car and she keeps saying that she hates him. Uh-huh. And he says that he loves her. And then she, you know, then he says that he hates her. And then he jumps into the front of the car and, and the song Kiss starts playing as he starts kissing her. Um <laughs> So, uh, that's a bit on the nose, uh, very on the nose. And yeah, and this goes on for about a minute, and you see like some bums in this alleyway just kind of yelling at Prince and and uh, Kristen Scott Thomas as they make out in the front of this car. And I don't know why this car is parked in this alleyway or what's going on, but it's just really weird. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit with the rest of the film at all. All right, does like Under the Cherry Moon exist in like? The same continuity as like Purple Rain and oh no, okay. So Christopher Tracy isn't the kid like in the scenario. No, no, he's not. No, although Christopher Tracy is the person who wrote Manic Monday. <laughs> all right, all right, I'll keep that in. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, and, and you know, uh, obviously, Graffiti Bridge is a direct sequel to Purple Rain, yeah, but right. no, Under the Cherry Moon is just its own thing. Um, but yeah, it's 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 just a really weird kind of moment, and then you know the camera pans up on like a there's like a techno crane, obviously pans way up, and you can just see the car, and then it cuts to the next scene. It, it was a, it was a hit for Prince, but then the same year uh, there was a group called The Art of Chance, and they did a cover version of of the song, but they kind of changed most of the lyrics, so they kind of kept the same version. 
Um, and they went on. Um, they went on uh, John Peel's um, show, um, the Peel Sessions, and they recorded a version in June 1986 while Prince's version was still in the charts. And then they kind of released it later in the year, uh, in the November of 1986. Uh, and it didn't. You know, it was a. Uh, it was a minor hit. Um, you know, it only managed to get up to uh, number 50 uh, <laughs> on the on the the charts over here. Um, but it managed to get to number 21 in New Zealand um, and it spent a few weeks on the charts in America. So, Are we going to talk about this clip of Art of Chance or Age of Chance, sorry? Yeah, their video is quite funny because it has lots of words that keep popping up mm-hmm. as they sing them. So at one point they say you don't have to be Prince instead of saying you don't have to be rich. Um, you know, and obviously it's kind of, it's a, it's a weird kind of like, um, uh, I guess it's like a what you would expect like an '80s alt band to be. Yeah, it's very um, punky. It's it, it it in a way yeah. like a precursor to like that sort of acid house sort of dancey techno stuff from the nineties, like a "You're Unbelievable" and so forth, like really pronounced British accents in yeah. these funky songs. Yeah, I mean, you know, they 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 were from. Um, uh, you know they were from Leeds, and obviously they didn't they didn't try to hide the fact that they were they were British. Um, yeah, but I agree that kind of you know that kind of um, yeah like ELF and Pop Will Eat itself that kind of that kind of sound it does fit with that kind of that sound kind of indie sound. Um, but yeah, you know um, obviously the more well known version, mm-hmm. um, which actually charted better in the UK than Prince's version, uh, <laughs> was. Uh, Tom Jones and the Art of Noise. Uh, whereas Prince could only get Kiss um, up to number six in the charts, uh, Tom Jones and the Art of Noise actually managed to get Kiss up to number five in the charts. Uh, so they actually had like a, a bigger hit, um, and it was actually number one in New Zealand. Um, so <laughs> in I the don't same know what year, New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. No, well, this is actually in 1988. All right, cool. Because that'd um, be like weird if like this triple like Kiss. Like, Kiss has like gone <laughs> into like the New Zealand charts like three times in the same year. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, it charted in New Zealand in '86, yeah. and then the Art of Chance version in '87, yeah. and then this version in '88. <laughs> yeah, so, so there were three years in a row <laughs> where it was it was a hit in New they Zealand. Couldn't get enough. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the Art of Noise. If you're familiar with them, they were a kind of very um, kind of an elect- electronica type I'm, of act. Yeah, I'm familiar of, with the Art of Noise, which again, which yeah. is annoying to like mention in the same conversation as Age of Chance as well. That's sort of like. Similar, <laughs> but yeah, the other noise, yeah, yeah, they're geniuses, they're Simil- great, similarish titles, it's, yeah. It's... And so, obviously, you know, they they changed they changed the song a little bit, yeah. um, you know, and for, for some bizarre reason, the song, the version of Kiss by Tom Jones features in My Mother is, a St- is an Alien, My Stepmother is an Alien with uh, Kim Basinger, <laughs> okay. uh, who, of course, famously uh, dated Prince uh, when he was recording the uh, Batman album. Uh... So there's, you know, do, a little do you bit know if they had met there. at this point? Maybe like this cover is what like led to Kim Bassinger thinking about Prince. I don't think so. I don't think they met in kind of late '88. <laughs> I think it was kind of mid '89 before they actually met. All right, uh, sorry, I this just popped into my head. All right, so Prince, his version of Kiss, he's singing it in falsetto. Then, then yep. like <laughs> Age of Chance comes along, and like he's singing in his chest void, in like a thick like Leeds accent. 
And then like, and then Tom Jones comes along and he's singing it and he's like baritone. They're literally like going down the steps in successive yeah. versions. Right. Just- I think it's funny as well because Tom Jones's career, you yeah. know, he had his his kind of peak in the the late sixties. Yep. Then his career kind of like died. And he kind of had a, a small comeback in the kind of mid seventies when he did a, a number of um, uh, he did a number of country albums, oh, and he God. actually he actually did quite well from those country albums. Mm-hmm. And then once again, his career by the time you get to the mid eighties, he's kind of dead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he he was kind of like a greatest hits act at best. Um, and his manager had died in like um, in nineteen eighty six, mm-hmm. and his um, in the end, his son actually took over and became his manager yep. um, in the nineties. Um, but then this, you know, the cover of Kiss, this kind of, you know, revitalized his career once more. Uh, and then, you know, a couple of years later, he was he was on um, he was on both the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and the Simpsons. Uh, and so he'd kind of become a little bit more of a kind of, you know, and then he appeared in um, in uh, in Mars Attacks, um, you know, in the kind of mid 90s. And then he had the album Reload, where yeah. he did, a, you know, a number of covers of of kind of other songs. And that became like a, you know, that kind of relaunched his career once more. No, and then it kind of died for a decade. And then, you know, he kind of, you know, started doing, you know, kind of like greatest hits stuff again. Mm-hmm. But then, he, you know, he he then got onto the uh, the voice and that kind of, you know, revitalized his career once more. So it's, it's interesting that Tom Jones has this kind of career that peaks for a couple of years and then just dies for a decade. And then he makes a comeback. And it's interesting that kind of Kiss was one of those things that helped have, you know, Tom John Jones's career be resurrected. I, I think, like, this is clearly, you know, you could argue this is a precursor to that that Reload album of him, like, getting, like, he's, you know, he's got, like, a great voice, you know, and he's in that vein of, like, Frank Sinatra-esque great vocalist, but, like, in a way, he, he was already yeah. out of time, like, you know, but, you know, when he was singing, like, What's New Pussycat, it wasn't like... Rock and roll wasn't not happening. He was already like sort of weirdly anachronistic when even in his heyday. So it's kind of nice to, you know, these sort of producers or managers getting these great voices to sing like contemporaneous hits. And but uh, yeah, Elvis once called him the voice of a generation. Like Tom Jones, really? Yeah. <laughs> he once said he was the greatest singer he'd ever heard. Okay, that's weird. I I think <laughs> I, I'd say Sinatra is better than Tom Jones, but like Tom Jones is pretty great. But uh, what do you think of this? Hey, that this was that was Kiss? that was Elvis's judgment. <laughs> yes, I'm not I'm not a fan of people covering Prince songs, and mm-hmm. I'm definitely not a fan of Tom Jones ruining Kiss. <laughs> uh, you know, it was probably the first time I actually heard Kiss was the Tom Jones version. Really. And, you know, then later on, I heard the Prince version and I was like, why on earth did I like the Tom Jones version? The Art of Noise, that was really a terrible version of Kiss and Prince's version is a lot better. I, I think it's a good version of it, frankly. I think they do a really good yeah, job. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's terrible. I just think it's my own personal preference. Mm-hmm. I prefer, you know, Prince's version mm-hmm. to, uh, to Tom Jones. You know, he's a great singer. You can't argue with that, but... I just feel like, <laughs> like you say, each successive cover version takes it down, yeah. you know, like an octave. And I think by the time you get to this kind of baritone, you know, at this point, you've got to remember that Tom Jones is, is, you know, starting to approach his 50s. I don't need him telling me women and girls rule his world. I, I mean, I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need that image in my head. It's the lyric is women, not girls. So well, like, yeah. 
Prince is like... I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, just Tom Jones talking about how he's going to turn someone out. So you don't have to, have, <laughs> you don't have to watch Dynasty to have an attitude. Like, the, I don't know. It just for me, I don't need to hear have someone's granddad kind of singing this kind of stuff. <laughs> but like, I, uh, we should also mention that like it wasn't like Sean Connery was like still. Was he Bond at this point still, or was he not? No, he wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah, was... At this particular point, Timothy Dalton was James okay, Bond. Okay, yeah. So... <laughs> Just like the idea of, like, yeah. Sean Connery getting hyped up to, like, date younger ladies. Well, to the songs. I, I get... I, I, I think the thing is, I like Tom Jones, but, you know, this was still kind of like the stage where people were throwing knickers at him on stage, and... You know, I, I what, you know, wait, I, you said at this of... stage, so like, you, you think that people aren't still throwing on the fans at Tom Jones, or no, they aren't. No, his <laughs> son, when he became his, no, when his son became his manager, he he he's deliberately got him away from that whole kind of image. Image, and Quite. he was like, yeah, he was like, stop, stop throwing underwear at Tom Jones. Like that was literally what they said. You know, they like don't do that anymore. They Sorry. actually they made a conscious effort to stop that completely at concerts. I like the idea it was of a like deliberate thing, like the son going out there. Like before the start of the set, saying soberly, to, <laughs> like telling the audience, "That's my dad up there, right? Don't sexualize him." But then, like, <laughs> go out and sing these really sexy songs. No way! Like, <laughs> uh, I think we've pretty much said as much as we can about the song. Right, right, yeah. So uh, let's go to plugs. Uh, follow me on Twitter at onto onto comedy. So uh, let me spell that out. So at a n h t u comedy. And, and I'll I tell jokes and my podcast should be on its way. Who knows? This is this will be in the future. All right. Uh, okay, and you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track, or you can follow us on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you could email us at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Don't know why you would. Um, otherwise, thanks very much for being my guest once more. All right, no problem, Darren. And goodbye. All right, bye. The life was never ending. But all good things they say never last Love, it isn't love until it's